1: A oh, run! It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this.
2: Adidas. I'm
1: going to enter the Fat Male Experience. Fat Male Experience. Fat Male Experience. Fat Male Experience. Experience! Welcome to the Pat Mayo Experience presented by DraftKings 2022 NFL Future bets Maybe futures on anything because, hey, it's it's August. We got a wager on something and something that we might not get paid out on for a while. So NFL futures are the primary thing we can talk about. But hey, there's other futures out there that you could potentially get down on. We gave out Liz Truss, new conservative leadership candidate in england plus 350 hasn't cashed yet but it's looking like it's gonna cash so there's futures available all across the board across the spectrum when it comes to wagering joining me on the line the deputy editor of sports betting at espn
2: david Bearman. what's going on dude (laughs) hey man pat thanks for having me big fan of the show appreciate you having me on to talk futures and like you said you can bet futures on anything any sport anywhere um, the one caution is they are going to hold your money until it comes in. So remember that as you put down these futures that it's fun to track them. It's fun to watch them, but you're not going to see that money until the season's over. Well, that's a really interesting
1: part of all of this. So let's talk about some future strategy coming up right now, because <laughs> a lot of people I know, unless it's like the, it's the wrong line essentially, or they're so far out ahead of the market in May, for NFL I'm talking about here, so like April, May, whatever it is, they have a good lean on something, the win totals get dropped, the division winners get dropped, they pounce and bet big on that, then yeah, if it's worth your while, you can wait the eight months or nine months in order to cash your bet. But most people I know would rather roll over their money week after week. It's like compounding interest rather than putting it into a savings account
2: where you get no interest on it. And that's a very valid point, and I'm not trying to debunk the theory of taking futures. But the odds that you are provided by the books are set for reasons, and in terms of liability, and you probably wouldn't get the actual true odds of what a team is. And if you bet them weekly, you might get better money using that money on a weekly basis on teams winning, losing, or possibly winning a Super Bowl, or get better odds as the season goes on. If you really, really like the Buffalo Bills and maybe they start 0-2, guess what? You got a much better price than you do if you take them in July. So I totally get people waiting and waiting it out. Personally, I don't go bananas before the season starts, and the NFL and college football are, are the two that I get ahead of at, at times with win totals, odds uh, to win the Super Bowl MVP. Probably do maybe two or three X of, of my bankroll that I would normally spend during you know a, a week of the NFL, maybe two or three units, maybe four on totality of it. I'll break it down into a bucket of – Win total is a bucket of futures to win Super Bowl division conference and then awards. So I manage my bankroll that way with little buckets, but then I pay attention all season long to help my portfolio and take some chances in other teams, maybe some soft hedges here or there. And what I always like to do is I always save some of that bankroll for the playoffs because now you know who's in the dance. You know who the final 12 or 14 teams are going to be in each league in and each, in each, each season and jump in as well. So I'm also known to have some preseason bets. And then once the field is set for the pro season, jump in at a different price because I think a certain path to the playoffs. A perfect example is the Golden State Warriors. I know we're not talking NBA right now, but I had basically done some stuff with, with my DraftKings account where I set myself up to be able to take one big future for the playoffs. And I looked at 9-1 to one odds as the 3C, and I said, I'm jumping on that and got to watch that the rest of the way. And naturally, you're going to hedge here and there when there's other teams involved. But futures are, it's, you know, everyone likes to do the stock market. It's a version of that where these numbers are going to move and change every single week, uh, especially in the NFL on a weekly basis. And you can jump in, you know, it's, you're not going to be able to sell your exact position, but you can jump in at at other places in time to help what, you know, ESPN's Doug Kazarian always talks about his portfolio. This is what I have now. This is what I'm adding. And this is what I'm doing as the season goes on. And it's, it's fun to play with it. I like, betting things to root on for the whole season but obviously you have your weekly stuff that's going to be four five and six x what you do in the preseason so a reminder to everyone out there if you want the entire nfl preview kit it's all
1: completely free hit the description it's all up on mayo media network right now the hot links are in there. tuesday show with Cust and jeff was the real kickoff to what we're doing the best quarterbacks in football and just pickering. Back and forth, and then we'll have win totals, team by team. We'll have prop drafts. We have it all ready for you. So please, sub to Mayo Media Network or subscribe to the Pat Mayo Experience Audio podcast, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, wherever that may be. Leave a rating and review. Tell some friends while you're up there as well. There's the Mayo Media newsletter, completely free to join. Hit the description for that. And, I mean, if you click on it right now, there are write-ups about potential outcomes for a lot of the rookies so far in this season and what we're looking at. Who are the rookies that you actually want to target? What are their best-case scenarios? What are their downsides? Where are they likely to meet? And you can run projections on any player. Run the sims.com. Run the thesimscom slash mayo gets you 10% off the betting slash daily fantasy package, customizable optimizer, prop tool. It's all in that package. The price is going up August 15th. So you might as well save yourself 50 bucks plus 10%. So 75 bucks. And go to runthesims.com slash mayo right now. Okay. Let's jump into this. You have the under on the Kansas City Chiefs 10 and a half win total. It, that's a I sp- look at the
2: Chiefs and... It's 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 scary. It, it's scary. It is scary, and it, it it's funny because I've done this a couple of times now, and every time I say it, I always like, am I really going to go off that, that cliff that I'm I'm not going to pick an Andy Reid, Pat Mahomes team to win 11 games, especially with a 17 game slate? It, it's a scary one to do until you actually look at their schedule and remember. They had struggles last year, even with Tyreek Hill on the team, with their defense struggling early and Mahomes and the team not on the same page. Now you take out one of the most dynamic wide receivers in football, luckily to my Miami Dolphins, but really break down what their what their schedule is. First of all, you obviously got the AFC West, which I'm going to flat out say is arguably the toughest division possibly in NFL history. You look at the fact that that you got a David Carr, sorry, Derek Carr-led Raiders team that added Devontae Adams to what they have with Waller and Jacobs and, and Renfro. You have Russell Wilson an all pro hall of fame quarterback coming to the Denver Broncos. Um, and you have, you know, the, one of the best youngest teams in, in, in Herbert and the chargers um, on the other side of things. So that's a tough, tough division. And that's just what they're going to play every single year. Every one of those teams can beat each other up, but that's six games versus that division. They then play the NFC West. And your non conference in your you know, your non conference schedule, which is gonna be the at the Cardinals and Niners. And then of course you have the defending Super Bowl champion Rams, as well as a poor Seattle team, but that's four teams against four games against a very tough NFC division that arguably is the best division in the NFC. Oh, and by the way, you got that first place schedule for winning the division again. So you gotta face the Bills, you gotta face the Titans, you gotta face the AFC champion Bengals, who beat you last time, you gotta go at Indy who now has Carson Wentz. And just for that extra game, Pat, you got that 17th game is Tampa Bay and Tom Brady and the Bucks. That's a very difficult schedule, if not the, the, the hardest schedule I've seen in a long time. Their defense was awful early last year before rebounding. Offense and defense kind of was on the same page as the Chiefs went on their late season run. But then we saw them exposed in the playoffs. They got crushed their defense got crushed by josh allen and the bills and they were lucky that the bills defense was just as bad it was a back and forth battle and then they they lost the Bengals game because they couldn't stop a Bengals offense that had jamar chase so do i think the chiefs win the division and make the playoffs and potentially make another super bowl run sure can i see them going 10 and 7 absolutely that's a very tough schedule you lose tyreek hill teams are going to focus on travis kelsey not sure what you're going to get there in that division so under 10 and a half at plus money is something that, although it's not the one that I signed up to go first, that's the one that I took.
1: I find it very interesting. I think you're a bit higher on the Raiders than I am. It felt like if the Raiders hit their ceiling this year, they're about as good as they were last year. Although they had all the turmoil that went on, the coaching change, Henry Ruggs, they still just won all of these closed games. That It just doesn't feel like that's going to break their way again.
2: Yeah, it couldn't. And there's always the law of averages. They won all their close games last year, and they are the Raiders, and they're not the most talented team in football. But I just think adding an All-Pro receiver like Devontae Adams to what I think has been a very underrated quarterback in Derek Carr, you're not going to have all the crap with John Gruden going on last year. I think they're an improved team. Not picking them to win the division, I think at plus 650, there's value there we can get into later. But that's still, I mean, the Raiders knocked off the Chiefs last year, and I think their team is better this year. Um, but it's a loaded division. They play the loaded division in the West. I might be a little high on the Raiders than than I should be. And again, the Raiders may not make the playoffs. They may win seven games, but I wouldn't be surprised if they beat the Chiefs.
1: Well, uh, let's get to that one right now, then I'm just looking at the list of the things that you sent me. Derek Carr, 33 to one MVP is a long shot. It's a dark horse, obviously. And Raiders plus 650 to win the division. Like in no world, I mean, listen, it's football. Crazy things happen, but Denver V- Las Vegas this year Denver just feels
2: like such a better team I mean if I go back 365 days ago let's say you and I had this, this this podcast 365 days ago and I said hey Arizona Cardinals over their eight and a half win total Arizona Cardinals plus 650 to win the NFC West in a division that has Seattle San Francisco and the Rams you would have thought I was crazy and then it, it was the same basically the same odds in a very very tough division with no weaknesses with an Arizona team that nobody thought was going to be any good and they go out and start out 9 and 1 win us our over win total before December and then got us to a position where we were able to hedge on the Rams when the expected Cliff Kingsbury second half slide went as he's done every single year we're able to make money off of it that was my play last year as the dark horse team that could potentially surprise people and i think the raiders might be that and you look the year before Arizona, Arizona was 8-8. and They had a chance at the playoffs and blew it late. This Raiders team made the playoffs last year only because they beat the Chargers in the season finale before losing to the Bengals. I think it's a very, very similar situation where yeah, you're looking at saying, you're nuts. The Raiders aren't winning in the West. And you know what? You're probably right. The Cardinals didn't win the NFC West last year, but they had such a heavy lead that I was able to go ahead and bet the Rams and win money anyway. I'm not expecting the Raiders to win the division, Pat, but they have value at plus 650. Now, are the Broncos better? Probably. Their odds are three to one, not plus 650. Same could be said last year for the Niners or the Seahawks against the Cardinals who finished second in that division. So the plus 650s can only go so far. Like you're going to hit one out of every 10 maybe. But I think there's value there when you look at that division and the way I analyze the NFC West last year is how I'm analyzing the AFC West this year. I don't think there's that much separation between the Chiefs at plus 130 and the Raiders at plus 160 same thing last year Rams and Seattle were at the top with San Francisco and and the Cardinals were way at the bottom as far as Carr's concerned no David Carr Derek Carr is not going to win the MVP but if the Raiders somehow shocked the world to win that division Derek Carr is going to win the MVP again I'm looking at 33 to 1 is he my favorite play absolutely not like anybody can go pick Josh Allen Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers to win the MVP award And I wouldn't argue with it. They are the favorites for a reason. It's a value play. Like I think my top two plays that I would take for MVP would be Josh Allen because I think there'll be voter fatigue on Aaron Rodgers, and at some point, God willing, that like the age is going to catch up to Tom Brady at some point. Like he can only he can only play like he's 25 years old for so long. He actually is 45. I turned 44 yesterday, and I feel like I'm 44. I don't know how Tom Brady gets away with it. He's 364 days older than me. But if the Raiders do do something significant, cars in that conversation, Derek Carr last year finished 18 to one to win the MVP. So it wasn't the end of the world. You're getting 33 to one, which I think is a more improved team. But yeah, you say, who's going to win MVP? I would probably take Josh Allen. And I also like Lamar Jackson just because I think they have an easier road than some of these other AFC teams. So, hey, it's a long shot. I didn't put $1,000 on it. I put a little coin on it with some extra cash that I had in one of my accounts. And I usually like to take a favorite and a long shot. So there's the long shot.
1: So Josh Allen is the favorite at seven to one to be the MVP this season, and actually, right now at DraftKings Sportsbook's been bet down. You're moving markets here even before the show comes out. Derek Carr down to twenty-eight to one at DraftKingsSportsbook.com. Uh, Lamar ja- Lamar Jackson twenty to one. I can see that one. I, if it's between Allen and Mahomes, I just feel like, especially if it's like you know a bad week one or two for the Chiefs, and you're down on the Chiefs, I think that the Chiefs are going to be fine. That if Mahomes can put up. Video game numbers, again, losing Tyree Hill, I think that's just going to reflect very well upon him that he doesn't even need to have a typical Mahone season. He could have 90% of a typical Mahone season and people will give him an awful lot of credit if he continues to be good. And people want, I mean, that's the hard part about this. And it's funny that Aaron Rodgers won back-to-back years as this is still a play against the voters award. Like, what are the voters going to do?
2: And... People want to vote for Patrick Mahomes. They really do. <laughs> they, they absolutely do. And if you look at last year, like Pat Mahomes was in the mix. He, he was the favorite to win a couple of times. They dig it off to a rough start. The odds got better and better. And all of a sudden you're like, yeah, I can get Pat Mahomes for 12 to 1. I'm going to jump in on that. At no point did anybody think the voters were going to say Aaron Rodgers is going to be the back-to-back MVP, especially with how the season started with the blowout loss to you know uh, to New Orleans as the season went on with the toe and, and, and the COVID and everything else that happened with Rogers at no point, did anybody think the voters would vote for him until they really had nobody else. It was like obvious yeah, Aaron Rodgers is going to win MVP again, because the voters don't have a choice. He's the best player in the league. He led a, a, you know, with an injury and everything else, he led the team to the, to the top seed and then tanked again in the playoffs. And I, I agree with you. I think, the voters don't want Rodgers to win another one. Allen's price probably is too short right now. Wait for that team to lose a game or two before jumping in. But you know, Mahomes, he has had every chance to win his MVP each of the last three seasons. So maybe it is his time. And I would 100% agree with you. They go out and win that division easily. Like, you know, they are the favorite without Tyreek Hill. He absolutely should be the MVP. But we've seen weirder things happen. I mean, look, Bill Belichick doesn't win Coach of the Year when he should win it every single year with what he's done over in, in New England. But people vote how they want to vote, and there's a certain expectation level. I think Mahomes and Kansas City have set the bar so high that Mahomes has one or two bad games. All of a sudden, he's not going to win the MVP, which is unfair to him. It's not like Aaron Rodgers had 16 awesome games last year. He was good, but at the end of the year, Everybody else had their flaws, and Rodgers was was the top dog, and therefore he got what he earned.
1: I was really disappointed to see Russell Wilson only coming at 14-1, to 1, who I don't believe has ever garnered an MVP vote in his career. But this is a perfect situation for sort of the narrative that you talked about with Derek Carr. I think how you feel about the Raiders this season, I feel about the Broncos, that – it's not that he got a skills upgrade at terms of receivers, but I do really think that the receiving core in Denver should be pretty good. I think that they're going to scheme with Hackett really well. They're going to be able to run the ball. I think they play better defense, and that is going to go a long way to help Russ. And when you don't have Pete Carroll as your head coach, it's like, you know what? We're down 16. Well, we run the ball. Have we tried that yet? Oh, we, Oh, we tried. It's not working. What if we try it some more? Maybe we'll break down the defense. I feel like that is out. And Russ can have a chance to cook here. People like Russell Wilson, by and large. He's a very popular figure. He's one of the faces of the NFL. Never rece- like that. Him never receiving an MVP vote will work to his favor at some point if he has. He's not going to have the gaudy stats of Mahomes. But like you said, sometimes that doesn't matter. If they knock off the Chargers and they knock off the Chiefs and they win that division, that could be good enough.
2: And I agree. And I actually think what we've just been talking about, and we could talk about the AFC West for the rest of the show. I think the winner of that division, absolutely. The quarterback should win the MVP. We always talk about how the MVP usually goes to a top. We used to say top two seed that got the buy. Obviously only one team gets the buy, but you win that division. And, you know, you even go back and talk about Justin Herbert as an MVP candidate. You win that division. You probably are top two in the MVP race and you're right about the Broncos. Listen, it, it's a new situation, a new coach, I'm not necessarily sure he upgraded any weapons. Defense is better, absolutely. Something – and I don't know what it is, Pat. Something was just off last year, and I don't want to put all the blame on Pete Carroll, and he deserves a lot of it. But you had an offense that had Tyler Lockett, DK Metcalf, and, yeah, Carson was injured, but you had Rashard Penny come out of nowhere to do what he was supposed to do two, three years ago. You had weapons. So, I don't – he hurt the finger. He came back a little too early. Something was just a little bit off with Wilson last year that that's why I'm not sold on Denver. Uh, On the surface, you have an all-pro quarterback who should have gotten MVP votes going to a team that has weapons and a solid defense. It it should be a recipe for me agreeing with you that the Denver Broncos could shock, win that division. Russ wins his MVP, he gets to cook, and the Broncos go and possibly win the Super Bowl, which is in in the camp of where I think the Raiders could do. I just don't know what it is. And sometimes you can't identify something. Something was off with Russ last year. I don't know if it was the finger or it was more than that, but that team was much better than it should. It should have been much better than it was. Russ should have been much better than it was. And I watched a lot of those Seattle games and I did not see the same Russell Wilson that I had seen in years prior. Maybe it was the finger and Pete and who knows what goes on behind the scenes. Something was off. And if he turns it around and goes back to, the Seattle all pro Russ Wilson with this Denver team in different situation. They absolutely could do what you think they're going to do. I, I just, something bothers me about it. And I, I don't think Denver is as good as people think. You don't think the Raiders are as good as people think. Um, but you know, where are the chargers in this mix? That is one hell of a division. And that's why I say it, it could be the most impressive division we've ever seen in football. When we used to talk about how these divisions are the NFC East is giving you an eight and eight champion. Or back in the day, the seven and nine or six nine and one team won the NFC West. We have a loaded AFC West division.
1: Looking at the odds, the issue is none of them seem like they're any good. Like I like Russell Wilson. I think that if you if he was thirty three to one, that'd be a bet. Fourteen to one, no thank you. Like Joe Burrow twelve to one, no thanks. Justin Herbert ten to one, no thanks. Like those aren't big enough for. All of the circumstances that need to come true for me to tie up my money for this long. Like, even like, I guess if Dallas ended up going like 14 and three, presumably Dak could potentially win it. I just don't see that. But there is a very interesting range right here Hertz, Lamar, and Kyler specifically because they have the ability to put up these rushing numbers that start looking like video game numbers, a lot like when Lamar Jackson won the MVP in 2019. Is, was he really the most valuable player in the league? No. I mean, Mahomes is the most valuable player in the league. He's the best player in the league. It's like the Belichick thing. You just win every year. That's not how this award works. So if you get a situation where Jalen Hurts puts up like a 1,000 rushing yards and 3,500 and he has good – touched like he throws or rushes for more touchdowns than is expected all of a sudden you're like holy shit the eagles won the division and they're like the 3 seed and Jalen Hurts was awesome especially because he comes into the year with like People, there's still people that don't think he should be the starter in Philadelphia. So if you have all of this, like Lamar in 2019, it's like, well, could Lamar actually be good? It's like, yeah, turns out he can be pretty fucking good. And now he's the MVP because he beat expectations so badly that he didn't have to have necessarily the best season. Although he was excellent, obviously a well-deserved MVP, but I can see Hurts potentially having that season. I can see Kyler having that
2: season and Lamar potentially having that season again as well there are many different ways to break down who could win NFL MVP. And we we've hit on one of them where you win the best division in football and you get through that mess. And, you know, you talk about the odds. Yeah. I don't want Justin Herbert at 14 to one. And I don't want Russell Wilson at 12 to one, but the reason why I'm on Derek Carr is because he is 33 to one. If Derek Carr was 18 to one. I wouldn't be on him. But the other way to look at the MVP race is find a team that has a shitty schedule that might go and win 14 games. You mentioned the Cowboys in that division. If it's not the Eagles in that division, all of a sudden you have, you know, you know it's not like Ryan Tannehill was getting any first place votes last year for the Titans run, but Derrick Henry was in the mix. All of a sudden Derrick Henry looked to become the first non-quarterback to win it in forever since Adrian Peterson. Not because Derrick Henry was the best player in the league, but he was the best player on a team that was a one seed in the AFC easily. So you look back and say, all right, let's take out the AFC West monster for a second and those teams are all going to beat each other up like the SEC East does. I don't know why I made that comparison. And look at a team that has a shitty schedule look at the Ravens the Ravens get the first four games of the year which is a really odd scheduling quirk against the AFC East so you're gonna get the Bills Dolphins Jets um, and, and, and Patriots which are all winnable games for the Ravens you get the NFC South so you're gonna get the Falcons Saints Panthers and of course you get the Bucks. but that's three out of four winnable games and they can beat the Bucks. your extra game is the Giants and as for your own division you know the Bengals are good the Steelers aren't um, and what happens with the Browns is going to de- probably figure out at some point, whether Deshaun plays or not, it's his first game back. As of today, his first game back is against Lamar Jackson, the Ravens. So I look at this Ravens team who won eight games last year and they're getting both their running backs back, including who was supposed to be really good JK Dobbins. We all loved them last year before he didn't play a down. Um, I-, I think the Ravens have a path. Do I think they're the best team in the conference? Absolutely not. The bills are, the Chiefs are probably next, and, and the Bengals should be in the mix. But Lamar Jackson, as of today, is in a contract year. They haven't given him yet. Will they give him the contract before the season starts? I don't know. Everybody's getting money these days. Kyler just got his. But if Lamar Jackson is in a contract year, and the Ravens have an easy schedule, I think they win that division, especially with the Browns and Watson up in the air. And I think the Bengals played over their heads last year, and you have always have that Super Bowl – you know, next year, Super Bowl jinx, you didn't win it and you'd fall off the planet the next year. I don't think, I do think the Bengals will be good. But if the Ravens can win that division, I, I mean, it's 10 to 1. It's not 4 to 1. It's not 3 to 1. Lamar Jackson in that area we just talked about, 20 to 1. He ain't 33 to 1. You'll never get that on Lamar because he's a former MVP. But he's not 7 to 1 like Josh Allen. Why can't Lamar in a contract year lead the Ravens to a division title? Forget about the playoffs because it doesn't matter with the MVP race and win the MVP like he has already done. So I think that is a more realistic thing than Derek Carr winning at thirty-three to one. But that's why it's priced that way. But if I were to tell you, Pat, that the Bills are going to face the Ravens in the AFC title game, would you be shocked? No, not at all. And
1: yeah. I like I like where you're at with the Bengals as well. I don't think they make the playoffs.
2: Right. I mean, it, it, it's the Super Bowl swoon the next year. I can't explain it. You lose the Super Bowl. You don't play well the next year. Now, the Bengals last year took advantage of an off year from Roethlisberger, a Browns team that is the Browns, Baker Mayfield, Browns, that's what they are, and a Ravens team that was missing their entire backfield and still won eight games. So I think the Bengals took advantage of that. You, you, you beat the Chiefs in the playoffs. You beat the Raiders in the playoffs, and then you go ahead and you shock the Chiefs and go to the Super Bowl. Weren't the best team last year. I think they take a step back because I don't think they're there yet. And what are you left with that AFC North is not as good as people think it is. And the Ravens to me are the best team and you're getting 10 to one to win the AFC and they get to the title game. Hello, hedging. Or I mean, I, I I would not be stunned if they made the Super Bowl either.
1: I can definitely see that. I, I, I was hoping that the Browns division odds would be a little bit longer. It's plus 235 at DraftKings right now. I was hoping it would be like three and a half to one but I guess the news that now they are expecting Deshaun to come back potentially in week seven because I looked at their the beginning of their season I was like well what games does Deshaun actually miss if that's the case the first six weeks of the year Panthers Jets Steelers Falcons Patriots and Chargers that could be four and two with Jacoby Brissett honestly and I guess it really depends on what you think of Stefanski as a coach will he be able to utilize Brissett in the proper ways where I mean, you're pretty familiar with Jacoby Brissett. He's with your mighty Dolphins for a while. He's a very competent quarterback. Like he's not going to win you games, but he's very rarely going to throw you out of games. At the same time, the Browns still have a tremendous offensive line, tremendous backfield, and their defense is good. It's can they stay healthy enough on that defense to make these kind of close games? They can control the clock. Like they could go four and two, three and three, five and one through that stretch. Then all of a sudden, you have Deshaun Watson come back, and it's like, ooh, if he's still Deshaun Watson, they're looking pretty good.
2: Yeah, and that Deshaun that Watson thing is, is always going to be out there. I mean, he's suspended six games today. Who knows what the NFL is going to do? And you mentioned Jacoby Brissett. Saw him right up in person last year, and it was, it was a great plan for me and my cousins and all, all the season ticket holders that, that I grew up with in South Florida to make an entire year-in-advance trip to Vegas to see the new stadium, to see Tua and the Dolphins play in Las Vegas at the brand-new stadium, and then you get out there and it's Jacoby Brissett behind center, losing you the game. Um, And that that, uh, honestly was his best game of all the games he played. He's not going to lead the Cleveland Browns to anything. So the hope for the Browns is that Sean Watson plays week seven, the rest of the year. He's the Sean Watson of of years ago, um, leading the Browns to the promised land. I don't see it. Deshaun Watson has not thrown a football in a game in, in in almost two years now, by the time he takes the field. Uh, And I don't believe in Jacoby Brissett. Now they do have an easy six games. You make a very valid point and, Ask the NFL how that worked out, but four and two is a realistic possibility with Watson back, but we don't know if he's actually going to be back. So, in terms of trying to handicap, me personally have stayed away from the Browns because you still don't know what's going to happen. And Jacoby doesn't impress me based on what I saw last year. He just needs to do what Garoppolo and Jacoby himself, ironically, did when when, when Terrific Tom was suspended for four games and just let the ship continue to go. I believe they went three and one. Brady came back on a vengeance, won the Super Bowl, yada, yada, yada. That's Tom Brady. Deshaun Watson has led a Texans team in a crappy division to a couple of division titles and nothing else. So, as a guy on a team that was rumored to be hitting Deshaun Watson all of last season, I wanted nothing to do with it. And that's why I'm, I'm not. I, do I believe Watson's talented? Absolutely. He's one of the best in the game. He needs to show me something. And remember, he's going to the Cleveland Browns, a team that has amounted to nothing for about 30 years. So, I still think that you put all of that together and you're getting a surprisingly good point, good price on the Baltimore Ravens and Lamar Jackson.
1: Let's talk once again about those MVP narratives because Deshaun Watson might come back and throw 8,000 yards in 12 games, and he's not winning MVP. That's just not happening. So i just going to kind of cross him off the list. 40-1 to 1 seems a bit steep for a guy who's at least going to miss six games that no one likes at this point, especially in the media. But I feel like the MVP in football has transformed over the past five, six years, much like the NBA MVP award has, where we can kind of point out, hey, there's an attrition factor. The same guy's just not going to win every single year. But you might get a few back-to-backs. We've seen it in the NBA now, and we've seen it in the NFL now. But essentially what they have told us is that no matter how good of a season that any non-quarterback has – They're not winning MVP because if it was the case, Cooper Cup would have won last year. They have specifically reserved the Offensive Player of the Year award for that guy, the best non-quarterback. Unless someone throws for fifty-five touchdowns or something, then they win both. So I just I see like Jonathan Taylor fifty to one. That that's great. Derrick Henry fifty to one. That's not happening.
2: (laughs) No, it's not happening. And I have a buddy who who was all over Henry last year and showed me his eighty to one ticket, showed me his hundred to one ticket. He said, look at the odds. He keeps running for 100 yards and two touchdowns. A guy's going to run for 2,000 yards. I got a golden ticket. And every week I told him, you just threw money in the fire. Literally light your fireplace up because that's where it's going. But what if the guy, 2,000, it doesn't matter. It does not matter. Unless things change and maybe it's when when voters turn over and new voters come in, this award goes to the best quarterback on one of the best teams in football every single year. I mean, Aaron Rodgers, who – Nobody wanted to give the award to won it back to back because his team won thirteen and fourteen games in consecutive seasons and got the one seed. That's what happens. So you take the two teams that you think are gonna be the top two teams, and this is something that me and Kazarian talked about back when it was two teams get a buy, take the top two buys in each each conference, who they're gonna be, and bet on those four quarterbacks because that's who's gonna win it. And if you're right on who gets the buys, now it's one team, so a little bit different, that's who's gonna win. And whether it's the quarterback in AFC West or whether it's Josh Allen dominating the AFC East over the other three teams or whether you you go out to the NFC and you have Tom in one division, Dak in one division, Rogers again in one division, and whoever comes out of the West, which will probably be Stafford and the Rams. Those are your MVP candidates. Like there's no reason to play anybody else. Henry's not winning it. Taylor's not winning it. Quite frankly, Pat, it'd be easier if they just took him off the board because it's not going to happen. Derrick Henry ran for – over 2,000 yards and a million touchdowns led his Titans to the number one seed in the very, very tough AFC. Didn't matter a lick. He wasn't winning it. He's not going to win it this year.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data,
1: What about Tua? Fifty to one. I wish it was five hundred to one because I'd be very satisfied with that. But if there's any one player and you're a Tua guy, it sounds like I can hear it in your voice, or you're just you've bought you've drank the Kool-Aid because it ain't changing until next year at this point now. But if you're just talking about that, sometimes it's all about just beating whatever the expectations are. Let's say the Bills falter a little bit and Miami wins this division and they're I don't know twelve and five. Something like that. They're the four seed or the three seed in the AFC. They get by the Bills, and Tua is not great, but he's very competent. And you have all these expectations of Tua sucks, Tua sucks, Tua sucks, Tua sucks, sucks, should be replaced. And all of a sudden, like, he doesn't suck. He's actually pretty good. Not elite, but good. Very competent with these new weapons. Is there any chance the media would give it to him because the
2: media loves Tua? To be honest, I'm a Tua backer. Anybody who's listened to me or followed me on Twitter, I'm in the Tua and On camp. I actually wrote up a Tua for MVP last night in the email that I sent you, you and Kyle, and, t- and deleted and then it. Then I deleted it. Then I deleted it. And I'll tell Coward. you why. I so I cowardly. It I didn't want to come across as the Homer. I got the Tua jersey up on the wall. Big, big Dolphins fan, as everybody knows from there, et cetera. Still own season tickets. I am a Tua backer. I think Tua has gotten a raw deal because he hasn't had the weapons. And 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 the, um, our great Bill Barnwell wrote a piece last week for ESPN.com of let's rank the, the offensive weapons that these quarterbacks have and, and look at the rankings for the column I did the last three years. This year is the Dolphins ninth in, in best offensive weapons. In Tua's first two years, they were 30th and 27th. So think about that. Like Tua, the quarterback of the future, who's been told he's terrible and the coach wanted him out and the owner wanted him out, he's had the 27th and 30th ranked offenses in terms of weapons to go for. The, the, the Dolphins offense had been nothing less than brutal. He was under a Flores led who, who's a Flores as a defensive guy, as we remember from the Patriots. Throwing to Devante Parker who couldn't get open on me. No disrespect to Devante, but hamstring injuries every single day. Doesn't get open. The really, really good Mike Gastecki, top tied one of the top times in the game. His his separation is again same as Parker, couldn't get open on you and me. Uh, You know, a seventh-round draft pick in the running back and an offensive line that's awful. So now you go get him, Tyree Kill, Raheem Mostert, a couple of other guys. You got Jalen Waddle for year two. He's got the weapons. He has an offensive-minded coach in Mike McDaniel, who, as you've seen, knows how to use offense, as you've seen in San Francisco, taking that team to Super Bowl and, and NFC Championship games. He has everything in front of him right now. And to your point. If something happens to the Buffalo Bills, and I did say this on another show recently, injuries happen. Josh Allen goes down. The Bills have a whole bunch of offensive line injuries. Who knows? Dolphins win that division. That's a whole new ball game. And you're getting a guy at a hundred to one in some places, eighty to one. There, there was a bet that was floating around the other day that was a thousand dollars at seventy-five to one. Everyone assumed it was me. Trust me, it was not me. But it's there. I mean, you're getting 75 to hundred to one odds on a team that should be the second best in that division. If their second best, season going to win it. Should something happen to the first place team, he's, he's going to finish the year as the most accurate quarterback in the NFL. Oh, well, you we can write that down now well, too bad. You can't bet that he has weapons. And again, camp has only been four or five days old. I'm not losing my mind over camp. Yeah. I tweeted out the 50 yard touchdown against the guys not trying on defense, but, They have gotten Tua what Tua needs. Now, should they all stay healthy? He has every opportunity in the world to cash that 75 to 100 to 1 ticket. Not out of the realm. I was hoping you were going to ask because I didn't want to write it. And you say, hey, Behrman, why did you pick Tua? What a homer. I have put money on it. I will tell you that. It is a bet I have placed at 100 to 1. Not expecting it to cash. 33 to 1 on Derek Carr is a lot more realistic. But sometimes that's how guys win MVP. Something happens to the best team. A team that's not expected to do it, and people forget when they go ahead and bash Tua, the guy has a winning record in the NFL. Like Jacoby Brissett lost all those games last year, not Tua. Tua comes back, and the team goes, wins seven in a row, and has a chance to win and, and make the playoffs before they lost. Couldn't beat Buffalo. You got to beat Buffalo. And that right now, what's standing between the Dolphins and the playoffs is the Buffalo Bills.
1: The uh, funny thing is, is thinking back to San Francisco last year, that even when San Francisco went on its run a year ago, like there was just never any talk about Jimmy G. And he was having a pretty good year. I feel like Tua would probably end up following into that camp, except for the fact that people are so milk toast on jimmy g to begin with like they don't really have opinions like hey handsome dude he's kind of good kind of bad take him or leave him with tua people have real opinions that if he's not a disaster it'll make him seem really good but let's say they're not good this year is there any chance tua is back
2: next year it depends on why they're not good if they're not good That's because pr- their it's quarterback it's can't it's get it's probably get- because get of tua <laughs> Right. If they're not good because the quarterback is not as accurate as he should be and can't get the ball in the playmaker's hands and throws too many interceptions, then no, he's not back. If they're not back because the defense all of a sudden regresses and they're allowing 40 points per game and the coach is making bonehead decisions like other coaches has made, then maybe it's not on Tua and the ownership and, and, and GM says, you know, Tua had you know, led the league in completion percentage, had 35 touchdowns, 10 interceptions, and, and threw for 4,000 yards. It ain't his fault that would be the only way he's back next year. But I do not think, like most people, that it's playoffs or bust. This team could win 10 games. They won nine last year. Now they got Trey Kill. They could win 10 games and not make the playoffs in a loaded AFC. So if you would go ahead and put the four division champions in and you give the three wild cards to two AFC West teams, maybe the Browns or Bengals or the Colts or the Titans, like – you're out of spots, which, you know, the Dolphins every year in the last 20 have competed for the 5 or 6 seed. Now you get the 7 seed because of New England and Tom Brady. Well, the Bills are so good that you're really competing for those three wild card spots, which easily could go to all three AFC West teams or two West teams and a combination of the runner-up in the other two divisions. Is it really on Tua that the Dolphins win 10 games? He had a great season. So I don't think it's as simple as playoffs or bust. I think it comes down to how did he perform? If he performs crappy, he's gone. I mean, he's he's up for contract at some point after the rookie deal's up. If he has a good season, I think they sign him long term.
1: I want to talk about some of more of these division winners. You said Raiders plus six fifty. I'm trying to let's let's keep the barometer here six to one or higher when it comes down to it. That gives us the Jags, the Texans, the Seahawks, the Steelers, the Jets, the Patriots are five to one. You have the Panthers, you have the Falcons are 35 to one, man. No, no respect on Mariota's name there. We have Washington at five to one, the Giants at eight to one bears at 14 to one lions at 10 to one. That one is becoming pretty popular. I don't, quite get it but i do at the same time because if something happens to aaron Rodgers, yeah i expect the vikings to be pretty good but they might not be at the same time it's, this is still the vikings they're sort of like the nfc browns at this point although slightly more successful but not really when you go and look at it uh they just don't have the completely flame out seasons that if the lions turned out to be pretty good could they win the division with an aaron Rodgers injury I guess so. That could happen. The one I was looking at were the Jags, 7-1. to Like, if Lawrence just takes a leap and they're good, they've revamped the offensive line. They've revamped a lot of the weapons that he has. Etienne's coming back. We probably don't see James Robinson, but that might end up being a good thing if it just means more Etienne out of the backfield. It, defense isn't great, but you're competing against the Titans, who are like, okay. The Colts, who they have Matt Ryan, who's not good, so that's a problem. And the Texans, who you're probably going to beat twice. Maybe you know, maybe the Jags are the worst team in this division, but I can see a scenario where something breaks the right way and all of a sudden Saxonville is back and all of like it was like the year they went to the AFC Championship game. Like I think they were 9 to 1 that year to win the division. I could see a circumstance like that, but it all depends on Lawrence taking a leap.
2: Listen, you just listed all the teams that were 6 to 1 or longer and you made me feel a lot better about the Raiders pick because yeah, but, but, of but, all but, those but, teams. But,
1: but the Raiders have to beat the Chargers the Chiefs yes. and the Broncos like that that would require an injury and two like horrible outcomes with the Jags no, they, no could just, they could just win this division like the Colts and Titans are good but like if they were bad I don't think it would be st- like super stunning
2: I don't blame people who look at the Jags that way I had a, a guy recently tweet at me hey mark it down right here save this pin it the Jags at at seven, eight, nine to one to win the division, blah, 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 blah. Like I get it. They can't be any worse. Let's put it that way. You know, all due respect to urban Meyer. They have a real NFL head coach who's led his led teams to the promised land before Um, they have a quarterback who's entering his second year with better weapons, better defense, better line. And yeah, a running back that didn't see the the field last year. So in theory, they should be better. They were one of the teams who I was looking at the over under yesterday and looking at their schedule and thing, you know, last year, my lock of the year was under five and a half or six and a half. It was the same number last year. Somehow, some way, people bought into the Urban Meyer, Trevor Lawrence love, and the Jags were six and a half last year. That was my unequivocally bet of the year was take the Jags under. I'm nowhere near as confident this year that it would be under or over because I think the number's pretty good because, like you said, not the hardest division in the land. Um, I think the Titans are better than people are going to think they are. For some reason, the team that won the number one seed in the AFC last year Yes, they traded away A.J. Brown. Like they're 20 to 1 to win the conference. You know, the, the Colts get Carson Wentz. They should be better. Carson Wentz, who knows what the hell you're going to get with him? He was in a terrible situation in Philly. Yeah, Car- I think the division Car- is. Carson
1: Wentz, again? Carson Wentz to Washington, Matt Ryan to oh, Indianapolis. Matt,
2: my bad. <laughs> yeah. Mix that up. Carson Wentz to Washington from Indy, Matt Ryan to, to Indianapolis. Correct. Yeah. Quarterback musical chairs gets you every year. Matt oh, Ryan, d- solid quarterback in Indy hasn't didn't do much in Atlanta other than one year going to the Super Bowl and consistent nine and ten wins. Can the Jags take a step up this year? Absolutely. They can absolutely move step up. They're, they're not going to finish dead last. Houston's the worst team in that division. that could beat them twice. I expect the Jags to to go around their six and a half win total, six win seven games. I, I'm not putting them winning the division. Um I just think, yes, the Raiders have to beat all of those other teams. In that division, of all its teams you mentioned, if you take the Raiders out because their division's too tough and you take the Jags out because I don't think they're that good yet, Washington won was intriguing. And you look at Washington, that division, I mean, you get the Giants twice. The Eagles, good, not great, even though I do like them to hit their win total. Cowboys, you never know what you're going to get. Washington, they're not great, but getting six or seven to one in the division, they, somebody else wins that division every single year. It's a new team every year may not continue, but somehow it's continued for 15 years. I wouldn't put it – if you had said to me the Washington – I guess they're the commanders now – won the NFC East, I wouldn't be like, ah, you're smoking something, Pat. You're crazy. Do I think it's going to happen? No. I don't think the Raiders are winning. I don't think the Jags are winning. But we're not here to just say these teams are going to win, period. It, there's no upsets. The NFL is a parity league, and it would not stun me to see Washington step up and win that division. I don't think they will. They're the third-best team – to me, clearly, but I like them better in that division than I like the Jags in the in the South.
1: Well, the Commanders are five to one. I, I mean, you kind of dismissed the Giants, but Brian Dayball being there, I don't know if we can. We won't be able to properly measure until after the season. What a, like. remember Vorp in baseball? Mm-hmm. I, I guess it's war now, but like war. Dayball versus Joe Judge. How many wins is that worth? It could be a bunch. Like, they have talent. If they were just organized competently, they could be okay.
2: Yeah, I I, I didn't believe in Daniel Jones in the beginning. Like, I thought that was a terrible draft pick at the time. Um, is the difference the head coach? Maybe. You know, what are you getting out of, of say, Kwon Barkley? What are you getting out of, Is you know, you didn't get anything out of him the last two years. Obviously, he had injuries. You know, the offensive line, the worst offensive line in football last year in every metric. Uh, Kenny Galladay was the biggest disappointment on the field last year as a wide receiver. Is it all Joe jester's fault? Or are you going to blame a little bit about Galladay, uh, Galladay not getting open, not staying you know, healthy, Daniel Jones not getting him the ball? I mean, if your game plan is Daniel Jones checking down three times and taking off and running 80 yards, you better redo that game plan. And I, hey, listen, I went to a couple of giant games last year. I have a buddy who has tickets, and I'd go to a couple of games. I'm just I'm not overly impressed with their talent to the point where I think the coach. Listen, Joe Judge lost him plenty of games. They, they were right to fire him. Uh, you know, Brian Dable, not, not like he's coached a lot of a lot of teams over time either. So, can they be better than last year? I think that whole division's better than last year. Um, I think that division's going to be overall better than they were the last couple of years. When we called them the NFC least, but I'm just I'm not buying the Giants just yet.
1: Last win total I want to talk about, because I'm with you kind of lockstep on this one, is the Bears under six and a half. Six and a half just seems like such a high number for
2: such a crappy team. The Bears are, are where I think the Jaguars were last year. Like, I looked at the Jags six, six and a half last year, depending on what book you had. And I'm like, are you kidding? Like me and, and Ariel Epstein from Yahoo went back and forth on Twitter saying, this has got to be a mistake. I looked at the Bears yesterday, and I had already bet them when I was in Jersey a few weeks ago at, at, at a different book that had a good number they're going to be favored in three games all season long home versus the Texans and, and, and Washington and the lions. And I, I would put at least Washington and the lions. I would put in a camp of being better than the bears, but as of today, they're favored in three games versus Texans, Washington lions. They also get the lions again, giants, jets, Falcons. So those are winnable games. If you win all of them, which they're not going to do that gets you to seven wins. There is not another W on this schedule by looking at it. You lost Khalil Mack. You lost Allen Robinson. Like, do you, do you, what? What did you see out of Justin Fields last year that that impressed you? Who's he going to throw to? Well, they, well, they, Harry, no, who, no. They, they drafted that guy who's like seventy four years old, right? And you got Mooney, and you got you got Harry, who the Pats couldn't give away for for a bag of deflated balls. Like, and by the way, you're in a division where the Lions, as we talked about, are getting better. I don't see the love of them winning the division, but they are better. Vikings are getting better. Oh, and by the way, you got Aaron Rodgers and the Packers on the other side, who the Bears never beat, no matter who was there. Like Aaron Rodgers just owns the Pack- owns the Bears. I don't see how this team gets the seven wins, just like I looked at the Jags and said, there's not seven W's on the schedule, no matter what happens. Because let's just say they win the games they're supposed to win at home versus the Texans, Washington, and the Lions. Then you're going to go on the road and beat the Lions, Giants, Jets, and Falcons, all of which, except for the Falcons, are better than the Bears. And that's if you don't drop something else that you shouldn't lose. Now, maybe they pick another W out. Maybe they win at home versus the Vikings because, you know, something happened and Kirk Cousins got injured and all of a sudden you beat the Vikings. You're still counting on winning all of their other games, which of the crappy shitty games I just mentioned. I think they're the worst team in the league. I also bet them last night to have the worst record in the league because the the, the, the teams that are favored are the Texans and the Jets, and they, play, um, and they play and they
1: play both the, those teams.
2: And they play both those teams, so that's an advantage if the other teams beat them. So just like I played the Jags at under six and a half is my lock, and I took the Jags to have the worst record, which I later found out it wasn't number one pick. It was worse record. Make sure you read your rules in your book because the Jags upset of the Colts in week seventeen last year caused it or week eighteen, caused a tie with uh with the Texans, and I had to Dead Heat Rules chop, which was bullshit because they were the number one pick, but we won't get into that. I did the same bet on the Bears. Under and worst record, again, not number one pick, worst record. You're getting some value there because the other teams they feel are crappier. But, you, Pat, you find me seven wins on that schedule.
1: I can't. I I can barely find you three wins on that schedule. I'm lockstep with you on how bad the Bears are going to be. And if, like, they had gone out – Because there's always the, hey, almost the case that I made for the Jags. Like, if Lawrence makes this leap, all of a sudden the Jags could be a lot better. But they went out and they got him help, at least. Like, it's... It's feasible in my mind to be like, oh, they did this, they did A, they did B, maybe C could be the outcome if there's a leap. With Fields, he could take the leap and they could still be bad. There's no one to block for me. There's no one to throw to. The defense is horrible. So I'm with you. I was just looking at DraftKings right now. What do you think is too much Vig to pay on the under of 6.5? Because the under on 6.5 right now is minus 150. However... If you go to DraftKings Sportsbook and hit alternate win totals, you can get under 5.5 at plus 160. What is under 4.5? Uh, they just go 7, and they just go one each way. So you can go over under 7.5, over under 5.5 with different VIG.
2: You know, I'm going to go look at my bank account and see what I can put at. Plus, plus money under 5. And There's not six wins on this schedule either. And listen, it's not just my opinion of the roster and stuff. What I like to do with some of these is, I have many friends in the industry and many colleagues who are fans of these teams. We all have our team. People come to me asking about the dolphins. I'll give them an honest answer. I went to a colleague of mine who is a rabid Chicago bears fan who defends them every single week, who bets on them every single week. And it's like, all right, you're going to play all your bears in fantasy. You're an idiot. I point blank asked him, are there seven wins on this schedule? I know you're the biggest bear fan. I know you're an apologist. You think they're going to win the super bowl every year. Are there seven wins on the schedule? He looked at me and he said, not a chance. And that's an optimistic Bears fan. So he knows what's coming. We know it's coming. I would bet the under five and a half. Absolutely.
1: I like it. I think that's what I'm going to make the best bet of this show now that we've talked through it. I think Chicago Bears alternate win total on DraftKings Sportsbook under five and a half wins plus 160. That is the sort of odd on a conviction that I have, that you have, that I know a lot of people have. I'd be willing to tie up my money for plus 160.
2: Absolutely. I mean, I think like we laughed all season long at the Jags number last year that we couldn't believe. And I, I, I literally spent probably 45 minutes last night looking at the Bears roster, Bears offseason, Bears schedule. And I'm like, I, I don't know what I'm missing here. Like the books don't get it right 100 percent of the time. There are numbers that he had. You know what? The Bears go out and win seven games. You tip your cap. You lost the bet. I'm sure there's others you're going to win along the way. and say, listen, I gave it my all. This is my best bet of the season. Hey, it worked with the Jags and the Cardinals last year. My other one was the Packers to win the NFC North. Somehow it was almost 155 last year somehow for the, Bear, for the Packers to win that division, which made no sense to me because the rest of the division was trash. But I'd make the same bet this year, but not as much confidence because it is 190 and the Vikings are better and the Lions are better. The Bears will not win seven games this year. I'm pretty confident in it.
1: Last thing I want to talk to you about is your involvement now because you went from stats and research, the info desk at ESPN to, and we were just chatting a little bit before the show about this is why I wanted to bring it up that you know I worked at a few networks in Canada and tried to get gambling instituted as a part of their coverage. Not because, I mean, obviously the sponsorship deals before legalization just weren't there, but it's not like you couldn't reference odds. That wasn't illegal uh, i mean people covertly did it for years but the narrative and talking points that you can build off what the odds are for a game to try to explain that to people i just felt like always tell better stories than whatever generic narrative that the anal like analysts who aren't looking at numbers whatsoever can come up with i felt like that told a better story and that better story would in turn create better tv when people are arguing about it but no one wanted to hear about that but it seemed like you had a bit more success at espn <laughs>
2: Yeah, and, and, and you know, listen, I was in the stats info department, and we were we were charged with coming up with storylines that are stat-driven, and giving it to all of our platforms. And if you go back to about 2014, 2015, and, and working with Chad Millman, who's now, you know, CEO, CEO of the Action Network, he was at ESPN Editor-in-Chief at the time. And we talked about pushing betting to the, you know, sports betting to the next platform. And we went ahead and purchased the Gold Sheet database from, from Bruce Marshall in Las Vegas and started creating storylines around sports betting. And it's like, listen, we were in charge of producing content that told stories. So I would always tell people very similar to what you just said, is you can tell me that Tom Brady has 7-1 and against the Dolphins last four years, but I could also tell you that he's 3-5 and against the spread. Like, that's another storyline to look at. and Look at it from a prism of they're going to win but not cover and what that means in the grand scheme of things. And, you know, futures get talked about a lot on our network. You know, player props is basically – fantasy daily fantasy etc so little by little we were pushing the envelope you've seen what college game day has done with you know with their picks and and betting lines but still there was still that whole it is illegal in every single state but Nevada. so we're not gonna have a show we're not gonna do anything else we'll mix it in when the story is correct pass gets overturned in may of 2018 and it's hey Now that it's going to be legal in New Jersey in about five minutes and Pennsylvania and everywhere it's going to grow and all the states are going to do it, let's look into what we are going to be doing. And it's, hey, can you put a pilot together for a show at ESPN, one that we have tried to sell over the last 15 years? And it's, yeah, here's a pilot. Here's what a show would look like. Let's tape it. Let's send it up the chain. Bam, we got Daily Wager launched in May of 2019. Took over ESPN Chalk and Moving things around and, and expanding our breath, and now you look at all the shows: SportsCenter, uh, Game Day, a couple of other shows where we are allowed to do it, we do it. Um, have a, a you know an odds provider deal with, with Caesars and link out deals with Caesars and DraftKings, so we're, we're you know monetizing it as well as putting shows on the air. Um, ESPN Chalk has content every single day that I oversee with betting content, picks, columns, news in the industry from from David Purdom, who's a, a leader in reporting on the industry as well as second-screen events that, Pat, if you had told me 10 years ago you were going to be helping produce a second-screen event during a Monday night football game or a wild-card NFL game, I would have thought you were crazy. But we had an NFL Live slash uh, Daily Wager betcast that was on a, you know ESPN Plus second-screen event of the NFL wild-card game, as well as Monday night football, a couple of NBA Wednesday night games where we're doing betting driven content in sports that never recognized betting for many, many, many years. Different world, different, different, completely different. We're legal in 30 states now, including the state that ESPN is in, in Connecticut, and, and just doing as much as we can on a daily basis.
1: Well, the move for you now, you need to really dig in some roots to whoever is producing the espn plus pga tour live coverage they have those feeds just get them to dedicate one of them to the all betting on pga tour show and then all of a sudden we can take over that feed that's how we're going to get in here
2: I, I agree and it's been talked about i can't get too much into it you, but you bring up my name of- you just tell them yeah pat's, <laughs> pat's ready he's been waiting for the- this is what he has been waiting for we, we have had conversations about now that ESPN plus does have PGA tour live. We have had those conversations, those a lot of things that you got to go through to get to that level, but it would be awesome one day to have a channel dedicated to that, especially in a sport that you and I both love. That is pretty much on the rise when it comes to sports betting, easy to bet in terms of slow enough. You got, you know, guy tees off, you got five minutes for his approach shot, five more minutes, he putts lots of live betting. There's no sport that's better for live betting then golf to begin with and there's just tons of fun to be had there And it's hey listen it, we have plans that are pie in the sky and we have plans that are more realistic and again if you had told me we'd be doing a second screen betcast on an nfl game on monday night football i would have thought you were nuts we're doing it who knows what's next but we're experimenting with a whole bunch of different things
1: well if you guys ever need outside consult- consultation for someone who has 14 years of second screen producing experience on sports betting just tell them to give me my call. I might even consult for free. How about that? I just want it to happen, even if I'm not a part of it. I just want to see it happen. And the more help I can do to that, people out there, too, you call in. You you tweet at ESPN. You tell them that you want to see this. You can also follow David on Twitter at DBearman, ESPN, which I highly recommend that you do. Do you have any cool pieces coming out between now and the start of NFL season?
2: Yeah, starting on on August 9th through pretty much the rest of August, we're going to have a piece every single day dedicated to previewing either college or NFL, both uh, obviously the, the two sports that are the biggest in terms of betting, we'll have at least one piece every day throughout the rest of August, whether it's previewing win totals for one league, making a case for one team to win the national title or a division. Maybe I'll have someone do the Raiders or something like that just for fun. Um, Heisman MVP. We're going to have tons of preview content from pretty much late next week all the way through when the season starts. Then you turn it around all of a sudden it's week one of college football. It's Labor Day, the NFL starting. And we're good to go. So tons of content coming. Our golf column, which I know you read weekly, uh, is up right now with myself, Anita Marks, and and the caddy, Michael Collins. Uh, It's up right now on ESPN Chalk as well as our golf page. And we'll have our MMA content out tomorrow. And then we're going to go full board football coming up.
1: I think hey, you guys follow very much of the same recipe of the Mayo Media Network. A lot, lot of UFC, a lot of golf until football starts. And it's a lot of football and UFC at the same time. So thanks for being on, dude. Really appreciate it.
2: Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Big fan. And, um, yeah, follow me on Twitter, SPN, And it's a pleasure being on, Pat. Good luck with the bets and Bears under.
1: No, I just put 500 bucks on the Bears alternate under. So, yeah, you know, if they if they go over, you know, pat's out five hundred bucks. Uh, that's that's what we can at least take to the bank from the course of this show. Also, follow me at the PME on Twitter. Sub to Mayo Media Network. Sub to the free newsletter down in the description. Also down there, you can find the entire NFL preview package, completely free. All the links are there. Highly recommend that you do it because it's beneficial to me if you click on those links. Duh. Obviously, that's the case. Anyway, I'm Pat Mail. We'll be back with more football next week. Until then, I'll see you next time. Experience.
2: Experience.
0: This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand